0: Hi, everyone. This is Carmen and Christina. And this is Historia's Unknown, a podcast where we talk about Latin American history. Sometimes it's horrible and deals with heavy topics like racism, corruption and genocide. But more than that, it's also about resistance, power and community. Yeah. Yeah. And today's episode is it's a good one. It's not horrible. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to be talking about a famous musician from Mexico. Her name, her stage name was Doña La Negra. Have you heard of her? I have not. Okay. Okay. Well, before we before I start talking about her. Oh, Milo just hit Carmen in the face with his ears. He's sitting with Carmen again. I'll we'll post we'll post it in our stories. Yeah. A different one because I have a lot of pictures of him on YouTube. <laughs> I have to post a picture where he looks like he's talking into the mic. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so before I, I start telling you about her, um, what do you know about boleros? Oh, it's like the Mexican music that where they sing slowly or whatever. <laughs> You're wrong. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like love songs or something? Yeah, it is love songs. It's like I would say it's the most romantic music in existence. Yeah. <laughs> It makes me think of, doesn't Javier Solis sing Bolero? Yes, but it's actually not Mexican. Oh, it's from Spain. No. It's African? It's from Cuba. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I don't know where the hell it's from, obviously. Okay. So that's why I'm telling you. I'm here to <laughs> learn today. That's why we're here today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Boleros originated in Cuba and highly influenced by Afro-Cubans. Um, It's where, I mean... It's Cuba, the part where it began. It's a lot of Afro-Cubans and it's part of Trova culture. So Trova is uh, singers traveling around with their guitar singing. That's what Trovadores are. Okay. I think we talked about it in the Veracruz, sorry, in the Cri Cri episode when I told you about how performers from Cuba would travel around Mexico singing and performing. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Those are trovaderos. Oh so but that's where boleros originated uh, from Trovaderos. Uh, the first bolero is credited to Pepe Sanchez, and they gained momentum outside of Cuba quickly. They soon became very popular in Latin America, especially Mexico and Puerto Rico and And that's why it's a common misconception on that top of Mexican. us Mexicans, yeah. Of course, I'm just being Mexican centric right now. <laughs> yeah, so we, we think everything's from Mexico, like the chupacabras and yeah. When in reality, nothing is really from Mexico. <laughs> Some things, maybe banda cumbia. They're all inspired by other things. They're not a-, a lot of the music is exp. Expi- oh my god, inspired, Sorry. Jesus, <laughs> inspired. Yeah, a lot of the music is inspired by Afro uh, Latinos. Yeah. Uh, especially like cumbia which actually if you when you like when AB Quintanilla talks about the music he made he made for Selena he he talks about that how it's a, it's a lot of, it's a lot it's by oh my, oh my god oh my god what is wrong with you <laughs> I don't know wow um, like you can't wow. say inspired by <laughs> No, I'm still laughing about all my stuttering. Um, So, (laughs) yeah, he talks about how a lot of it is inspired by Afro beats. So boleros are, you know, similar in that way. And um, yeah, they became very popular in all of Latin America, especially Mexico and Puerto Rico. Um, And when you think of boleros, a lot of us now immediately think of maybe like Trio Los Panchos. Have you heard of them? Yeah. Yeah, they're Mexican. So I think that's why we (laughs) we equate the two. And, you know, maybe many famous boleros include Sabor a Mi. I'm sure if you heard it, you recognize it. You might not recognize the name. I feel like I'd have to hear it. Yeah. Um, What about Quizás, Quizás, Quizás? Uh, Again, I feel like I'd have to hear it. Okay. Uh, Celia Cruz has a very famous rendition of that song. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Then I feel like I've heard it for sure then. I, I'm sure you have. Uh, Piel Canela is another very famous uh, bolero. Some famous artists that sing boleros that come to mind. Um, Javier Solis, like you said, um, classic. Celia Cruz has boleros, um, but we think of salsa mostly with Celia Cruz. Yeah, but I am i know I've heard her, some of her boleros. Yeah, she has amazing boleros. Uh, I already mentioned Trios Los Panchos. Um, Bobby Capo is another one. Um, so, yeah, just a few, just a little bit about boleros could go on that could be its own episode but um i don't know a lot about music history we're not so we're not, not a music podcast <laughs> yeah however some musicians are just historic you know yeah. i want to do an episode on freddie fender oh um, eventually because we love freddie fender yeah yeah amazing well i'll save it for a freddie <laughs> fender episode <laughs> so uh, I mean, I named a few famous people and one person that uh, a lot of people don't mention anymore is Toña La Negra. Uh, she was a, um, and actually what I wrote was, but one woman, one black Mexican woman made history in boleros, in Mexican music and had a, vo- a voice like no other. Her name, Toña La Negra. <laughs> I like how you wrote that. Thank you. So Antonia del Carmen Peregrino Alvarez was Carmen. born yes queen <laughs> another another Carmen not enough Carmens these days I did I, I told you that if I had a daughter I was going to name her Carmen but Lucky. I didn't Lucky so for her It's a beautiful name Carmen <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> Uh, Antonia del Carmen Perrino Álvarez was born on November 2nd, 1912, and she died November 19th, 1982. She would go on to make music history and pave the way for Afro-Mexicans. Her stage name and the name Mexico would come to know her as was Toña La Negra. So a little bit about her. She grew up in the neighborhood of Huaca, Veracruz, Veracruz, Mexico. Veracruz, shout out. We talked about it a few episodes ago in the Gasparianga episode, but um, yes, Veracruz is one of the cities, if not the city, with the highest Afro-Mexican population. And uh, her her grandfather actually uh, was from Haiti, um, Severo Peregrino, and I could not find how he got to Mexico. So oh well, I think we could imagine. Yeah, Wikipedia said immigrated. But if she was born in 1912. Yeah. And you do the math. I don't know. Well, actually, yeah. Maybe Isn't that a little far. I don't know, Christina. You're talking about years and I don't remember years. You're right. It's but fine. it could be. be. I'm going to cut all that out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so she was born into a very musical family. Timoteo Peregrino Reyes played a guitar. That was her dad. And then her fa- her mother, Daria... Alvarez Campos was known for her beautiful singing voice. uh, uh, And she was always singing at family gatherings. And she was also a local singer. She did a lot of like festivals and like local uh, music stuff uh, in Veracruz, Veracruz. Uh, And she also had a total of seven siblings. Um, Early life was not easy. Huaca, the neighborhood that she uh, was born in, she grew up in, it was one of the oldest neighborhoods in Veracruz and one of the most impoverished. Her family was very large and poor. And she had to start working from a very young age to help her family make ends meet. Uh, she started singing sinking at local events at the age of six. Young. And um, yeah, very young. And um, she was singing with her mother. Uh, so she mm. would like work with her basically. Um, and her brothers also, one of them played guitar, and he would actually go on to have a very long music career too. As And his name, his stage name was El Negro Peregrino. Oh. And I just love that they were so proud. And they, they like. I feel like I've heard that before. You probably have. Yeah. Mm. He was famous during the same era. But yeah, they were like, we're black and we're proud. We're going to. Um, Amazing. Yeah. Put this into our name. Like, we're not denying this part of us, you know? Mm hmm she and her family performed together for a long time as el trio peregrino uscanga oh that was their band name and uh i pretty i couldn't find a whole lot of information but i saw a documentary and then i wasn't taking notes during the documentary but i think she performed with her dad and her brother and mm-hmm. she was singing in their band uh, and when she was 20 she found herself in mexico City. And she ended up meeting a famous songwriter and composer named Agustin Lara. And he is one of the most famous songwriters in Mexico, like of all time. A lot of the boleros that are very famous today, mm-hmm. he is responsible oh. for writing them. Uh, over the course of his life, he wrote like over 700 songs. Wow. I can't imagine being that creative. I can't. I can't. <laughs> no. Um no, <laughs> maybe in your lifetime you'll put out over 700 over- podcast <laughs> episodes. <laughs> hey, um, hey, with, between the three, I was gonna say, with um, this with <laughs> Historia Sanon, Novelas Un Cuevecito, and Spooky Tales combined, I think you definitely will. <laughs> well, I'm like at 200 something mm. if you put all three of those together. Yeah. So, bam, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so when when they met, it was at a party, and he was smitten with her. He'd never heard a voice like hers, and not in like a romantic way. oh, I was about to ask because I was afraid. no, no. um, he's never heard a voice like hers. I'll send you a link so that you can hear oh I was about uh, to when say. when I'm done talking about um her, yeah. and yeah, it's like truly the most amazing voice ever. like it's it's i it's a. Uh, I don't know if I'm anyone that sounds like her today. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, do a, I'll do a story on her and on Instagram uh, where I'll play a clip so people know. And I hope Instagram doesn't fucking take it down. <laughs> I mean, you would think with the singer that that's long, that long ago that it wouldn't be like copyrighted anymore. Yeah, that's true. But the issue with things, like things before a certain year oh. left copyright, but then sometimes the music... Or the song itself, yeah, yeah, the yeah. recording, like you never know with yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm going to try, though, and put it on Instagram because then the video just gets taken down instead of mm-hmm. the whole podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, if anything, yeah, I'm going to try that. And I'll also put it on TikTok. Um, on, on TikTok, I put all the historias and known things under Spooky Tales. Mm. <laughs> They're just in a playlist that says history. So oh, in case okay. anyone is like, where do you put these TikToks? But I'll also put them on Instagram. So mm. On our own Instagram, which I'm behind on. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, he'd never heard a voice like hers. And many accounts uh, from friends and family said that she became his muse. He, It was also rumored that he was the one who gave her the stage name Doña La Negra. Oh. That's not super clear, um, but it could be true. And through her, he was able to further explore music the genre of boleros themselves and also really he wrote after this is he when he started dabbling in like a lot of uh cuban sounding afro Mm -hmm. uh, latin sounding uh songs he had never written any specifically for that but now that she was there he was like i'm gonna write music for her but celebrate her culture so yeah according to a writer rafael figueroa agustin lara wanted to show his appreciation to black music and its roots not only by writing songs to black music but by having a black singer from mexico sing them like i love that i love that because how many times do people i'm like oh i want to pay an homage to the culture but then they don't even use someone from that culture you know like mm-hmm. when stefani in her stupid wannabe chola stage and she's still oh, defending oh that God. shit i'm like stop it stop all of her, um, all of her different phases, because mm-hmm. she was also Japanese at one point. Yeah, and then she had The, the Harajuku girls, and she didn't let them talk. <laughs> yeah, since their meeting, they worked together, and though uh, many well-known singers performed his songs, Tonya La Negra was his main performer. Like he was just like all my all my songs are for her now. <laughs> Her interpretation of his song Enamorada skyrocketed her to fame. I'm sorry, and I'm, Honestly, I can't uh-huh. let you finish. I just need to look up some or something from her. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to send you I know uh, you said it, but you know what? That's fine. Go ahead. Um, just look her name up in YouTube. That's what I'm doing. Oh, okay. I don't know why I said that. Like you weren't already going to do that. Wait, uh, Dona or Tonya? Tonya. Oh, Doña. Whole time I thought Dona. Sorry. No, Tonya. Uh, Donia La Negra. It did pop up, right? I just, t- I typed Doña. Oh. <laughs> and then you were like, who's Doña? Who's Doña? Yeah. Which one did you play? Yeah, I just clicked on one of the top ones. It says, y sin embargo te quiero. Okay. Have you heard it? Yeah, I was listening to a lot of her stuff earlier. oh my god her voice (laughs) i know i know it's making me want to cry it's beautiful and yeah if you hear enamorada it's also amazing um also noche criolla oh so good he wrote that specifically for her i might as well say that right now that's in my notes right now um so yeah lamento jarocho is another song he wrote for her it's amazing and it's an homage to uh, her culture. Veracruz mm. is another one that he wrote for her. And it's also really good. But Noche Criolla is amazing. If you want to look that one up. Oración Caribe, Palmera, La, Cla- La Ca- Clave. Oh my God, I'm doing it again. La Clave yeah. Azul and La Cumbancha are other songs. But like the most, most well-known of hers are Enamorada and Noche Criolla. If you want to listen to either one of those two. They're both amazing. Mm. Oh, I did see this one. (laughs) Okay. Oh, no, it just had the CD cover. It didn't have this title. Her voice is just, like, full of, like, emotion. Yes. I feel like that's missing a lot now. Like, you know, instead we just get like auto-tuned, like, you know? Yeah. It's like, we don't need perfect voices. We need emotion. Yeah. Um. We need range. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She had all that. It was amazing. Um. Yeah. I honestly, I don't know when, I don't know how I finished these like notes so fast because like last night is when I watched her documentary. Oh, when wow. When I came across her name. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and I watched a forty-minute documentary on her, <laughs> uh, and then um, and then I listened to like five or seven songs, like just like back after like, and I was like, I don't know, I don't know how, I don't, I don't know, um, but yeah, it it was it was a good experience listening to the songs. It was amazing, and she also sang two songs. She recorded two songs, but she performed a lot with uh, one of the most important bands of the era, Sonora Matancera have you heard of them Mm -mm. okay so they are still very famous today they just they're under the son of who the person who uh was but he passed away oh same name yeah they uh do a lot of latin music um cumbia cha-cha boleros cha -cha cha um and uh they actually have a lot of songs with celia cruz Oh, uh, so okay. and when you see Salia Cruz singing a lot of times, They're... there are people performing oh, with her. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Tonya La Negra recorded two songs with them, but she performed with them uh, quite a bit too, um, just to show how um, amazing she was, right? <laughs> On top of her amazing musical career that spanned decades, she also starred in 20 Mexican films. Oh, including, um, uh, I didn't write down, why didn't I write down the names? Well, okay, there's um, a very famous play called La Mulata de... Okay, La Mulata de Córdoba. It's a a Veracruz uh, legend. And there's a movie and play about it. And she... I don't know if she was in the movie or if she did a lot of plays Mm. as this main person. But yeah, that's like a huge role. But yeah, 20, over 20 films. And I cannot find when she retired but i did find a tv show uh that she did it was like nescafe presenta, and i'm like what nescafe uh but in this show it was like a music uh you know how they used to just air uh singers right yeah. this was a the thing uh-huh. there was like shows I just had performances. Mm-hmm. This was one, it was like, it seemed like it was like that. And uh, in the beginning, it's a man and he's like, Nescafe Presenta. And he says like, La India Maria, Veronica Castro, uh, a few other names. Oh. And then La Tonya, uh, uh, Tonya La Negra. Oh. And I was like, What? This was in 1969. So yeah, I'm like, That can't be too long ago with those names that you said. No. Wow. No. Right? And uh, amazing. <laughs> so yeah, that's just. That's very recent to think about. So in in 1982, on a Wednesday in uh in November, Tonya was admitted to a hospital in Ciudad Mexico due to heart issues. Okay, wait, can you tell me the year again? Uh, 1982. Oh, okay. Okay, so if we go backwards, uh, 1982 minus 1969, what is that? Okay, so she was 50, 57 in 1969 when she performed with all. Oh, okay. Yeah. She was young still. Yeah, yeah. Back to 1982. Yes, she was having heart issues and was admitted to a hospital in Ciudad Mexico. And then on Friday, November 19th, 1982, she died of a heart attack. She was 70 uh, when this happened. She's buried in the actor's section of El Panteón Jardín of Ciudad Mexico. Oh, wow. And after her passing, her neighborhood where she grew up, and when she was born, they named the street that she lived on uh, after her. So the neighborhood became named after her instead of Waka. And there's also a, st- a statue of her and Agustín Lara. Mm-hmm. And it looks like they're performing. Like she's in front, and her the statue is made like in a singing look, you know. And he's mm-hmm. behind her, like com- like reading a book, like he's composing. Oh almost. wow! It's such a beautiful statue. I, can, I was going to just post it on the Instagram, but do you wanna, want me to send you a picture of it right now? Mm, yeah. Okay. All right. I sent you the statue picture. Okay. Let me see. Oh, my God. It is beautiful. Isn't it's hard for me beautiful? to picture like a statue that I actually think is beautiful because they're usually not. But this one? Yeah, this is amazing. Yes. And, and she, she cared so much about him. They were just the best of friends. I love this he passed away in 1970 and um, she recorded an homage Ugh, I can't even imagine like okay I haven't heard it obviously and you <laughs> saying that gave me chills and already makes me want to cry but you know why because it makes me I don't know why it just automatically makes me think of um Amor eterno <laughs> And I'm already I'm already on the verge of tears <laughs> that and that song just puts you on the verge of yes, tears yeah yes. it reminded me actually as you were talking when you said that he she was like his muse. They reminded me about about um, Juan Gabriel and Rocio Durcal, because <laughs> he wrote a lot of her songs. Yeah, yeah, same vibes, honestly. Yeah. So yeah, it's a beautiful statue. I will be posting pictures of it on the Instagram. And there's also a documentary on YouTube, which is the one I watched. I'll post it in the in the show notes as well. And there's a beautiful moment in this documentary. I'm gonna send you Carmen another picture. I will be posting this on the Instagram as well, but. Uh, in the documentary her so she was married twice um the and her second husband was still with her when she passed away and so he's it's and it ends almost on this scene he holds the mm. i just have a he, picture of it's not a video it's a picture yeah oh, sent you a i'm sorry screenshot i thought you... <laughs> of the documentary no 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 so that's her, her husband holding her cd and he looks at the cd and he he is staring at it with such a sweet look. And he's like, oh I look at this and I'm still so in love. Like, I look at her as she is on this CD and and uh, and I just love her so much. And it's I, beautiful. I, I cried, <laughs> I cried when, <laughs> I, when I when I saw that. I'm crying right now. It's so cute. The whole documentary is amazing. Not no one has a single bad thing to say about her. Everyone is just like she was amazing. Um they and it's an interview with her family members, her uh her uh, husband, um and other people that performed with her and everyone is just like her voice honestly life-changing. Working with her was amazing and an honor and like it's 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 I mean and it's short. It's only 40 minutes. I'll I'll post it in the notes, mm. but yeah, it's it's really good. It sounds amazing. Or she sounds yeah. like an amazing person. Yeah, I, mean. I knew nothing about her. And I'm just like, now I just feel like listening to boleros um, all day. <laughs> um, and the reason I that I wanted to talk about her, um, because, you know, again, music, we, we're not a music history podcast, but but music is history. It plays a big role. And um, to know that there was a a Black woman, a Black Mexican woman of Haitian ancestry performing, mm-hmm. singing, dancing in a culture that, denied her existence it was she defied the norms of her time her entire career her existence yeah i mean yeah it's truly amazing because i don't know how like we cannot overstate how much mexico denies even the existence of black mexicans in mexico they were not on the census in 2010 yeah so like that's how much in denial they were that Black Mexicans have been in Mexico for a long, long, long time, and yes, not only have they been there, but they have, they have like a legacy. They have uh, created the culture. Yeah, like many of the things that we think of about Mexico come from like African traditions and and cultures. Our music, that's what I'm saying. Like, what is really even Mexican? (laughs) You know, (laughs) yeah. Um, And there's a lot. I'm not trying to hate on Mexico, but. I think a lot of people ignore purposefully that um, Mm -hmm. our music, a lot of our food, a lot of things come from or inspired by African culture. Mm -hmm. And and it was constructed to be this way. Um, Yeah, that's why I said purposefully. Yes. Yes, you did say that. But yeah, a true inspiration. And that's why I wanted to talk about her, um, because if you didn't. First of all, everyone should listen to Boleros once in a while and just cry. Um, Truly therapeutic. (laughs) But but on top of that, you need to listen to (laughs) Tonya La Negra and her Boleros and cry. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's why I wanted to talk about her today. Well, now I want to make a playlist of Boleros and include her songs in it. Yeah, they are on Spotify. Oh, mm hmm. But yeah, uh, do you have anything else to add? Mm, no, I don't think so. All right. Do you have a topic that you're going to do next? Um, No, I'll figure it out, though. But I'll do the next topic for sure. Um, So, yeah, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. And like we said, listen to her songs. If you are enjoying the podcast, leave us a five star rating. Sorry, my child is whispering at the same time <laughs> that I'm talking. <laughs> well, leave us a five star rating. Um, recommend us to your history Latina history loving friends mm-hmm. and I almost said stay a spooky and then I was like wow wrong podcast <laughs> yeah wrong podcast <laughs> <laughs> stay curious I don't know <laughs> yeah that's good yeah yeah we'll catch everyone next time let me see if I can get my child to say bye, <laughs> bye. no say it with a normal voice <laughs> <Say> bye <laughs> Bye. (laughs) He's being creepy. Wrong podcast. (laughs) Bye, everyone. (laughs) Um, Bye.